Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel where you can get plenty of content on all the South Florida teams. Make sure you like and subscribe. Also check out fivereasonsports.com. Spell that one out for the latest content without a paywall on our website. Also check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Today, this is one of those sponsors we have to mention to you because if you still have a car and it hasn't floated away somewhere in Fort Lauderdale, close to where I live, you might want to get the wheels fixed because things are ugly out there right now. We're seeing abandoned cars all over the place, 25 inches of rain in 24 hours uh, in my neighborhood here. So reach out to our friends and sponsors over at You Break Wheel Fix. They're based in North Miami, but they're the complete automotive wheel solution Ever dealt with a situation like this or even just got too close to the sidewalk curb? Curb, I know I have. You Break Wheel Fix specializes in the repair of damaged wheels from bends, cracks, curb rash, and everything else. You don't even need to replace them. They can refinish them like new. Go to youbreakwheelfix.com. Again, that's youbreakwheelfix.com. Or give Mark and his staff a call at 305-748-0112. 305-748-0112. They're based in North Miami. I'm down there. Mark's a huge Miami sports fan as well, so you can chat up his crew down there while you're waiting on him to give you the best possible service. Again, check him out also on Instagram at YouBreakWheelFix, and you can shoot him a DM there as well. But they offer the customized options, all kinds of colors. You can do the heat colors. You can do the Dolphins colors, the Canes colors, whatever you like. Check it out at YouBreakWheelFix.com. Again, the phone number, 305-748-0112. And remember, that's a U, the letter U at the beginning, you break wheelfix.com. And now, today's episode. Down to this day. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick in the Five Reasons Sports. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow me at Greg Sylvander. As we are recording this, we're roughly 24 hours away from the second play-in game for the Miami Heat, the one that they were hoping not to have to play. They'll be playing the Chicago Bulls, who finished as the 10th seed, but went into Toronto, came back from 19 down, beat the Raptors, and continued what's been a really good run for Chicago of late. There was some question whether they'd make the play-in tournament at all. They've been the number one team in defensive rating since the All-Star break. They've got Levine and DeRozan both playing at a pretty high level offensively, as well as Vucevic. They've settled on a backcourt that's a defensive-minded backcourt in Patrick Beverly, who they picked up during the season, and Alex Caruso, who came back from injury. And we know that the Heat, to a certain extent, are reeling right now. Greg and I, along with Alex, 
did a preview of the game in the last episode, and we talked about the reasons why they should or shouldn't win this game because a lot of it comes down to draft position and a six-pick difference. If they uh, win this game, they drop six spots in the draft down to 20 as opposed to 14th. We're not going to focus on that as much here. We're just going to focus on BAM because over the past 48 hours, Greg, that's been the topic. And this is what's happened on Heat Twitter over the course of this season and maybe beyond this season is that everybody picks a player. <laughs> um, everybody picks a player. I don't know if this was going on during the Big Three era to quite this extent. Twitter had just kind of emerged right before that. I don't know if it was you're a LeBron guy or a Dwayne guy. It felt like a lot of people were not Chris guys at the time, although afterwards now everybody loves Chris Bosh. But I remember at the time there was some criticism of him, particularly in the playoffs, particularly with matchups against the likes of Hibbert and Garnett, et cetera. But now it feels like with this team, it's either Jimmy can do no wrong or Bam is getting the shaft or nobody respects Tyler. But it's like if you pick one, you can't pick somebody else. But it felt like, and, and maybe I'm, I'm misinterpreting this somewhat, but it felt like since the last playing game, it's been all about Bam, right? It has. And his, uh, obviously, the box score doesn't help. The missed shots close to the basket don't help. <clears throat> and the rebounding issues, uh, people immediately are going to attribute to the big man. And he's basically the only big man that was out there for a lot of those plays. And I understand people's frustration. Like, why would you not be frustrated? Because this is also something where um, it's a trend now, uh, year over year. If you look at uh, Bam Adebayo's uh, regular season averages, um, his minutes go up in the playoffs, but yet his averages do not. And uh, meaning like points, assists, rebounds, just using the basic stuff here. Uh, So like, we have to ask the question, why? And People always think that I am, you know, the Bam Adebayo apologist. And to some degree, I admittedly am because I'm a huge fan of his. And I think some of the things we can't quantify on defense uh, offset some of the stuff that we harp about on offense. But it's just it's difficult to really talk about that in a smart way. So we end up just kind of talking in circles when it comes to uh, to Bam. But this is where we are in that great players and this is not just Heat fans, but I think NBA fans are accustomed to great players finding ways to impose their will on games. And when you see games like that against a player like Clint Capella that Bam Adebayo should be clearly better than, when you don't see him square up on him and go one-on-one and just like, you know, go to the basket and make plays and like be aggressive offensively. We're used to our stars being able to impact the game like that. And so I just think that it just begs the question of what role should Bam be in as a player uh, on a championship team. But I'm not shying away from the fact that I think he can be the number two guy on a championship team because I feel like he's already been that. This team has been good enough to get through and it just didn't happen. But they were of that caliber, but they need a lot of other stuff to go right. And so that's where it starts to get troubling when you have two players where the margin of error just shrinks in Jimmy and Bam as your two best players. If Bam is not playing out of this world i mean he was 20 and 9 this year ethan so like for people to say like he didn't get better offensively this season that's just bs but 
you need to see it in the games that count most. The Atlanta game was that. It's fresh in everyone's minds. So they're coming after Bam Adebayo. I just, I ultimately think that the existential thing that people are going to go to is can Jimmy and Bam coexist as a two-man duo and win a championship? And uh, it's tough to have to be in that place right now, but I inevitably think that's where we're. All right, a lot to unpack here. Uh, let's start here, and you hit on it. The playoffs tell. I say that all the time. I think I stole that from Riley or somebody, and. We talked all season about how the playoffs would tell for Bam Adebayo and to some extent Tyler Hero. This team has to make the playoffs first. And that's part of why we're having this conversation today because we wanted to see what Bam looked like in an extended playoff run now that he had become a more impactful and aggressive offensive player in the first half or two-thirds of the season. And now as we're staring at a second play-in game that's now a win-or-go-home situation, we may not even get to see that, that all we may get to see is this two-game sample. And that makes this, in my view, the most important game that Bam has played outside of the NBA Finals for the Miami Heat. Because I think that he has to do something to help get this team to the situation that we were assuming they were going to get to this year and we would be able to evaluate him fully for what he did in that situation. If they fall short of that situation, and he's a reason why they fall short of it, a lot of people are going to draw a lot of conclusions about him that are going to be hard to come back from. So that's the first thing. Second thing is Bam's own hashtag that he uses all the time is bounce back, right? Bounce back, bounce back. Well, here's an opportunity, okay? As Brady put up there, he's going against the team. And Brady put this on Twitter. He's going against the team that he's averaged 25 points against this season. Okay. Uh, and so, and he, and he's done it uh, efficiently as well. And I'm looking at the numbers and this is Brady's tweet. Bam out of oh, last two games. I'm sorry. Last two games, he averaged 25 a game. They need him tomorrow night. As we all know, he can find his spots with a jumper against Vucevic in the drop. Also guards need to hit him in the pocket. Felt like he strayed too much against Atlanta. So that's the second thing. Okay. Is that he's had success against this team. So he should be able to have it again. But there is a lot of dialogue around him right now, Greg. And, uh, you know, there's dialogue from people who like Bam, love him per as a human being, love uh, his work ethic, love his development, but still think, as, as you've sort of, you know, hit on there, that he's not a number two on a championship team. And he's not a number two on a championship team where the number one is not overwhelming. And that's part of this, too, because Jimmy kind of got off the hook, <laughs> for his performance against Atlanta, but it was not good enough. And we we're letting him off the hook because we've seen him have incredible moments in the postseason and in these pressure packed games more so than Bam has. And so we're like, okay, Jimmy earned a mulligan and Jimmy had an incredible last third of the season when Bam regressed somewhat offensively, or at least regressed in terms of his aggressiveness. And so we're like, okay, you know, we'll chalk it up. That's fine. You know, Jimmy hit one into the drink. Okay. And it'll be fine in the next game. But we know that Jimmy is not um, LeBron in his prime. Jimmy is not – I mean, and, and so he's not so overwhelming in number one or Steph Curry who literally changed the game or uh, Giannis, et cetera, where your number two can be really, really good but doesn't have to be great, superstar great. Like Giannis doesn't need a superstar as his number two, right? He, I mean, Drew Holiday is a very, very, very good basketball player who in my view just had his best season. He's not a superstar, even though maybe if we characterize 
great two-way players as superstars he would be. Chris Middleton is not a superstar. He's a really good player, okay? You can get away with that because first thing, they have two of them, okay? And we can talk about whether Tyler's close to either of their level, but I think most would agree that as far as a two-way player, he is not, okay? But again, he, he you can have a Middleton or a Holiday as your second best player when you are a Giannis. But they don't have a Giannis, they have a Jimmy. And he's really good, but he's 85% a Giannis, okay? So you can't, you can't have a guy as your number two who is not at the level of Holiday or Middleton or beyond, again, because they've got two of those guys there. So that's the other thing. But but and but here's here's the thing about this, okay? And this is to me the biggest point about Bam. You mentioned his overall stats for the season, and that's fine. His overall stats went up. The problem with evaluating Bam now and what he's working against is that everything that we said he could do and we wanted to see him do, he did through the first two-thirds of the season. So there's no mystery about it now. There's no wondering, well, can Bam do that? Now, you and I both believed it. You say no ceiling. I'm a huge Bam supporter, have been since his drafting, thought he should have started as a rookie, okay? But we've seen it. So now when we don't see it, it's more irritating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's Because it's in there. Like We always said it was in there, but like we literally have two-thirds of a season of proof that it's in there. And that he's capable of it. And he can do it with this roster. And he can carry the heat even when Jimmy's out there, which we started to see some games uh, that, that he did that. And then the All-Star break happened, and he basically went back to last year's player. Like, he just – I mean, he didn't retreat to a bad player, like you said. But he went he went backwards, okay, when he had already taken the steps forwards. And that's why this is such a big game for him. I, I do think it's his most important game in a Heat uniform, okay? The finals – Again, he wasn't healthy against the Lakers. Uh, what, he played one game and then he went out, whatever. Uh, this, the this conference is finals against Boston, I think, is huge, too. Yeah. Like that that game in Boston was big. But to your point, you're right, Like because um, there, there's, there's, there's a lot of factors with Bam because here's the other part about him having such a better offensive season. They didn't win more. And so then that clouds the ability to evaluate Bam Adebayo's evolution offensively because it didn't translate to them being a better basketball team. So that also is at play here. And I think that um, had he just made a few more of those bunnies, maybe we're not talking too much more about this, but this is consistent now. And I also think at some point, Ethan, like with Jimmy, playing above his head in the playoffs over and over again. And I know he was bad against Atlanta. And if he lays another egg against Chicago, then we're going to have other existential conversations to have, but good. Cause we need stuff to talk about for a while. If that's how that goes, Jimmy, like you said, he's done it before. And I just want, I just have to wonder, cause we're at a, we're at year four here uh, together as a group, like kind of as this nucleus of Bam and Tyler was drafted and Jimmy was 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 uh, was signed and traded here. If they if guys just don't start getting tired of each other and they're just tired of having to deal with whatever shortcomings each other have, and even though a new player may come and have their shortcomings, also, uh, 
they're different shortcomings. And so that's like a fresh experience. And I just, I hate to say that, but we've talked about how stale this has felt all season. So for now us to be looking at the top of the roster and talk about things looking stale or not performing to expectations, it's just all cycling back to each other. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. As you know, we heard from Pat Riley recently. Everybody has an opinion on trades, free agency, who they should keep, who they should give up, who they should get. Well, whatever it is that Riley and the Heat do, you don't want them giving up too much and getting too little, right? Well, the same is true of shaving products, and that's why I use Harry's shaving products. I love the way it handles. I love the way it looks, and I love the quality of the shave. I have a little bit of trouble growing out a good beard so better to just shave it off and make sure that it looks somewhat professional. These are German-engineered blades made in their own factory, so they stay sharp longer. It means you can use them longer. And also, they've got customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as 2 bucks, half of what you pay for other big brands. Also, I would recommend the shaving lotion as well and the body wash. So check it out. You can go to harrys.com backslash five. That's harrys.com backslash five. You'll get a $13 trial set for just three bucks. Again, don't pay too much and get too little. Same is true of shaving as NBA transactions. Harrys.com backslash five for your $3 trial set. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, it's funny that you talk about um, it looking stale this season because we've talked about it in the run it back context that when they ran it back after 06, that it felt stale the next year. When they ran it back after 16, 17 with all the contracts, it got stale the next year. Uh, you know, we, we've, we've discussed this before. And then obviously, you know, after the bubble, they ran it back uh, largely and it got stale. But you, you put up something else today that I, I think is also relevant, um, which is a, a, the four year build thing with them. And they, you know, I've talked about this many times. They, they, they do have these build cycles, right? And, and they talk about it. They talk, if you talk to high-level people in the heat organization, they talk about their build cycles. And so go back now, okay? Late 90s, before most of our listeners were alive, right? Late, 90, late 90s, they lost to the Knicks. They, they had a, they had, you can say the build was five years. It was supposed to go longer, okay? But anyway, Zoe got sick. But again, they made changes to the build going forward. In that, that summer before Zoe got sick, bringing in Eddie Jones and Brian Grant and Anthony Mason. But they, they had four years against the Knicks, right? They beat them the first year. They lost to them the last three years. And I, I mean, I've, I've flat out, you know, high-level people who were there then who were still there said, we, we – when we walked off the floor in that last one, not the Allen Houston shot, but the, the the Clarence Weatherspoon, you know, miss when 
when Jamal Mashburn passed, we walked off the floor and we knew we would not bring back the same group. We just knew that that was year four of them basically trying to get back to the Knicks, past the Knicks, and third straight year they couldn't do it. Okay, and there they were. The big three era. Now, do they want that to end? No. Do they expect LeBron to leave? No. But I was in San Antonio for that last game against the Spurs, and that team was shot. They were shot the whole season. They were tired of each other. Like, all this you know, memories about, you know, Dwayne and UD and Ray and Shane and Mike and – and uh, and Norris and 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 Mario and all that you know that, that you know we talk about here and now in retrospect it's all great and all the rest of this that last year they were tired of each other they were tired of like all of them like I mean LeBron was tired of Dwayne because <laughs> he didn't know if Dwayne was going to play on a given night and he was finding out from us like 30 minutes before 45 minutes before a game that Tony Douglas was starting at the two instead of Dwayne Wade okay and and uh, Bosch th- there was some friction there and then. Ray was tired of a whole bunch of things and, and Shane basically checked out in training camp <laughs> and, and he's admitted that since, you know, to a large degree that fourth year, they were just tired of each other. And, and I, so I do think you've hit on something here in that we've always, we've talked about this in the context of them bringing back the same group from last year and it got stale, but really, you know, a, a good portion of some of this group came in four years ago. Okay. Um, together, not all of them. Cause it, obviously it's, it's, you know, guys like Struess were added. Vincent was added. Um, you know, I, and obviously, you know, there've been other changes that have been made uh, over time, not this past off season, but the off season prior, but the Jimmy Bam Tyler thing that has been together now for those four years. And, and, and I do wonder at this point, if there's just some weariness, uh, you know, of this build internally, Okay, and so I I think you're right. I think that this is a critical game, um, not in terms of the organization knowing they need to make changes. I think they know they need to make changes. They're not stupid. Okay, (laughs) they know this team is not a championship contender. They are 23rd in the league in net rating this year um, and exactly 23rd in the league in defensive rating since the All-Star break, whereas the, the Bulls are first. Okay, that tells you how much the Heat have slipped. Uh, in certain areas that they used to take pride in. And we know the effort has slipped. And when I posted on Twitter today, would you expect you, and I put two emojis for it, but do you expect a strong effort or a weak effort on Friday? 85% said a weak effort. People do not believe in the collective character of this team. And that is the most disappointing thing because Uh that's the thing you could always kind of count on. So I do think there's some weariness. There's some fatigue, not just in the fans, but internally, the organization knows they're not good enough. Okay, I I, I know everyone wants to say they're asleep with the switch. They're not. They understand it. But but I I do think this is an important game in the sense of their top three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll sneak this in, and I don't want to steal your thunder at all. But I'll just say this: this is where you have to ask yourself about like it, it's like when you had to ask about Alonzo, Tim, and Jamal. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's about that. It's 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 when you say, okay, we need to make changes. We're aware of that. How big a changes are we talking? Well, I'll give you another one. I'll give you another because yes, you're right. There was the Tim, Zoe, and Jamal, and so who was sacrificed? The third guy, Jamal, right? The third guy was sacrificed for Eddie Jones. Uh, you know, in in the trade, in the sign and trade situation, Anthony Mason, etc. Right? Third okay, and well, fourth. Who was, who, well, okay, PJ. then. Right, right, PJ, right. Then, then go, then go uh, forward here a little bit. Okay, it's always the third guy. <laughs> it, it, it's it's always the third guy because it was it was the third guy with that group, 
And then there was the, in 05, they get to the conference finals. They probably, I mean, not only the problem, they would have beaten the Pistons in the conference finals if Dwayne doesn't pull a ribcage muscle, right? And if they won, they probably would have won a championship because I think they, that was the weakest of the Spurs teams that made it to the finals. So I believe that they would have won the title in 05. But even after that, even after they probably would have won the title if Dwayne had stayed healthy, Pat looked at it and said, Eddie Jones is not good enough as our three. I, I can't count on him to step forward when he's needed. Um, and he was needed in that game six that Dwayne missed, right? And when Dwayne wasn't totally healthy in game seven and Eddie laid an egg in those situations, just like Jamal had laid an egg in a lot of the previous situations with Zoe and Timmy. So it was okay. We're going to rebuild this thing around Zoe and Timmy. We're going to rebuild this thing around Shaq and around Dwayne and Shaq. Cause at that point, Dwayne had passed Shaq. Okay. So we're going to rebuild it around Dwayne and Shaq. Well now, okay. So the obvious answer now is, okay, we're going to rebuild this thing around Jimmy and bam. And Tyler, the third guy, is going to get sacrificed because that's what this organization typically does. But <laughs> I think there's a deeper question this time, and we'll get into more of this after the break. There was no question about Timmy and Zoe as that core, right? Like, okay, you had problem. You were always going to have problems if MJ was there because <laughs> everybody had problems with him. But I don't think anybody was saying we need to change our top two, right? I, you know, t Tim. Agreed. Made more of the big shots than Zoe, but Zoe got better over time and kind of made up for the fact that Tim got older and was not quite the same player. Nobody was saying after 05, we need to change the Dwayne Shaq mix. Hell no. <laughs> right. I do think this time that's what's different because, again, the easy answer is Tyler's the guy who's sacrificed because that's he's the Eddie Jones or the Jamal Mashburn in this situation. Different, different player more of an alpha than either of those two guys were, but more limited, I, I think, in some areas, you know, particularly on the defensive end than, say, Eddie was or even than Jamal was, right? But this time, I do think that there are reasonable questions after four years about the top two, whereas there were not about Timmy and Zoe. And there certainly were not about Shaq and Dwayne. And yeah, I think that's I why this is... I think what Bam has to show to, in this game... And then in a playoff series against Milwaukee, which was his kryptonite before, okay, before he changed his game a little bit, is that you can just set him in stone, okay? He and Jimmy, you're fine there. All right, now we figure it out from there. Does Tyler need to go? Can we keep Tyler? Can we bring in others around him? But I, I think it's more of an open question with Bam as a top two guy even though obviously he's only 25 years old. He's a we've talked about this he's the same age as when Zoe came to Miami. He's going to probably improve. He has the work ethic for it. He has the character for it. But I think there's more question about him as part of a top two with this player, Jimmy Butler, than there was about the fit between Tim and Zoe and Shaq and Dwayne. Those were perfect fits. You're right. And like, so if it's Dame or if it's Embiid, you're, you're right. Like that conversation's coming up. I think that you're not going to see them entertain bam for just random superstar like that's not what we're what we're trying to emphasize here i think it's more about like those absolute game changing top level players in the league if they become available and then it's this it's okay well jimmy and bam they are good enough as a two-man unit and we're, we're comfortable with that duo because uh regardless we know what they bring but then you have to start thinking about all the other things you have to do to the roster to supplement them correctly so that it will work. And can you pull that off? Cause it's, you know, it's not just one move. It's a bunch of moves to try to 
create the type of environment where both of those guys can flourish. So there's I just mean, a lot look, of questions. When you looked at Tim and Zoe, you said, okay, what do you need around him? Right. And, you know, obviously Zoe was the defender. Tim was, you know, more of the energizer scorer, et cetera. But what, what, you, what you basically needed around them. And, and I, I think this is what, you know, again, what uh, Pat was trying to do with the trades he made at the time for Eddie Jones and, and to bring in Brian Grant and, and others was you needed, I think, people to kind of start to take over as Tim declined, right? So I think that was part, and not to put so much of that burden on Zoe. So that was kind of the point of, okay, can we get more out of Eddie Jones as a two-way player than we got out of Jamal? This thing got a little bit stale. PJ was a great player, but Brian Grant at the time, um, you know, was was a little bit of a better offensive player, than, than PJ was, and then you were adding another player in Mason who could handle, who could take some of that pressure off of Hardaway. Then you look at Shaq and Dwayne. Well, what do you need around Shaq and Dwayne? Very simple shooters, right? Just shooters and and tough guys who could kind of, you know, who – you needed ornery guys around them, right? Like like who, who could deal with Shaq in the locker room. And so, you know, instead of someone in Eddie who was more of not so much of an alpha personality – you bring in the Gary Paytons and the James Posey's and the Antoine Walkers, right? And 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 that's you know that's the group that you decide that you're going to ride with there. This is more complicated because you need shooting around these two guys because they're not great shooters, um, but you also need somebody who's going to help feed Bam a little bit and get him the ball in the right spots. And, and I know this was part of the point of bring Kyle Lowry in that that Kyle was supposed to be the guy who would help Bam get to the next level and at the same time had made so many critical shots and in big games was a champion. We saw some of that in the play-in game the other night, but we've seen it so sparingly. And so now you're kind of back to the drawing board and you're like, okay, how can we supplement these two guys? And as a guy in Tyler, who is an emerging player in his own right, but needs the ball in his hands a whole lot. And sometimes it can be a zero sum game with him because the more that he scores at times, not always, but at times takes away from what others are doing is he additive to them or subtract or, or subtracts from them or just a flat line? And it feels like this season that Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler, no matter what combination you put them in, and I know that the Bam Tyler tick pick and roll was a staple early in the season and then it flattened out and wasn't so good after that, once teams started playing it differently, do any of the three of them add to each other? And that's another thing that needs to be evaluated. But I'm gonna start here with Bam because I feel like with Tyler, we know that if they can get a perimeter scorer, a three-level scorer, who's further along than Tyler is at this stage and closer to Jimmy's timeline, and they can make the trade along with draft picks, that they will likely do it, no matter what Heat fans think, okay? But we know that they haven't put Bam on the table. We know that, okay? Not recently. <laughs> and so, and that was an issue in the Utah situation, okay, with Mitchell. So this is why, to me, this is more about Bam than Tyler. I, I feel like with Tyler, it's more opportunity, right? If you if you can go get a guy that you feel upgrades you now, deal with the fact that you're giving away a player that you really like, they'll do it. In the same way that Pat traded Glenn Rice to get Zoe, in the same way that they look, they liked Josh Richardson at the time, but they weren't going to keep him instead of Jimmy Butler. Okay, just like they liked Lamar Odom and Karan Butler, but Shaq was available. Tyler would be sacrificed as others, as Mashburn, as Eddie Jones was, because that's just what they do, okay? Bam is different. They've never sacrificed a top two guy before. And that yeah. is not a top two guy on a contender, okay? They've had, you could argue Hassan Whiteside was whether second, you know, most important, or maybe, you know, or others along the line. But I'm talking about on one of their good teams, 
they've never or, or real builds they've never sacrificed a guy at bam's level who was one of their top two players and i'm not saying they're going to do it based on one game or two games but i do think there's going to be more questions if he has another stinker and they don't even make it to the playoffs where we can then see if he can get back to the level he was at the first two thirds of the season and do it against the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I do think this game matters more for him than anybody else. Agree. And it's a shame that <clears throat> that's where we are, but I think that as this team has the actual chance of not making the mother bleep in playoffs after being the one seed, I think we would be doing a disservice to everyone involved to not say you got to look at everything. And so that'll even include us doing some episodes about Jimmy Butler. But for right now, the spotlight's on Bam Adebayo. Uh, and I, I don't know if the one game thing is as big as when you start to see them reshape this roster. I think they're, they're, they, they have really big decisions to make about how they can um, – reshape around them and so it makes for an interesting summer regardless so we either get a win tomorrow night ethan or maybe this summer we get clarity well we'll see all right i do want to close this with a couple of other quick things here before we do you see the weather outside okay you may end up with that in your house i apologize to you but if it hasn't happened already you never know i'm talking to friends right now who you know they've got leaks all kinds of stuff is happening well, you should have reached out to Water Cleanup of Florida. So we're giving you another chance, okay? Because not only are they – I talked to Michael Greenstein today, um, and he's handling stuff all over the state. He's like, don't get me any more calls. I got too many people calling me right now uh, because everybody is reaching out to him right now because now they want his help after the fact, right? The storm has come, and it's actually still coming. It's outside my window, and everybody want, everybody's trying to deal with this now. Why don't you deal with it in advance? Reach out to WCUFL.com, that's WCUFL.com for Water Cleanup of Florida, and get into their new membership program because this is preventative maintenance, okay? Before the storm comes, all right? Get your house checked out, okay? And they've got programs to put members on a hurricane priority list because this isn't even a hurricane. Just wait till August or September. So reach out to them at WCUFL.com. He's based in Boca. They service the entire area. They've been out of Fort Myers. They go all the way down to the Keys. And they'll, they'll check out your house from start to finish, okay? Make sure that everything's taken care of and so you can avoid as many problems as possible. So reach out to Michael, 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356 or WCUFL.com. Fully licensed, insured, and certified building contractor. Water cleanup of Florida can take care of everything for you. And again, if it is after the fact, Michael will find a way to service you as well, okay? He's got a great team up there in, in Boca. So whether you got leaking windows, doors, air handlers, anything, WCUFL.com, 954-579-0356. If you got the schmutz, they got the guts. And they need to have it right now with what's going on. Also, do want to mention uh, betteredge.com. The code there is 5RSN. That's our gambling partner. This is legal sports gambling. It's legal in 44 states, including the state of Florida, because you're betting against peers and not, the, not an app or a bookie. We're going to be running as soon as the second play-in game is done on Friday. That's the one between OKC and Minnesota. Uh, we're going to be launching a playoff bracket that everybody can get involved in. There's going to be prizes, all kinds of cool stuff. So just get on there now. BetterEdge.com. Use the code 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN. 
and then you can enter our bracket as soon as we post it. We're doing this in collaboration with the NBA Central on Twitter. So uh, check it out, betteredge.com. And again, use the code 5RSN. All right, let's close here. I, I want to read something. Um, I can I, I apologize. I'm terrible at pronouncing names. Um, but she's with uh, Miami Heat Beat. Is Siobhan, is that how it's pronounced? I believe. Siobhan Beslow yeah, uh, with maybe, Miami yeah. Heat Beat. And uh, I know she played high-level basketball herself, and she's very, very good at breaking down the game. Uh, this is just a counterpoint to those who are saying, and because Bam said it himself, he gave voice to it in an answer to Brady, where you know Brady asked, you know, and and you know about just his game in general and, and against Atlanta, and he talked about how we had other guys going. We need to find a way to get me going too, which is not something Bam typically verbalizes. Um, and I just want to read this and just get your reaction to it. Okay, this comes from Siobhan. If Bam would would slip fewer screens, but actually plant and open and keep that screen guard captured and on his back, he'd find himself open. Or with the mismatches, you all keep telling me that they need to hunt for him a lot more often. Space creating isn't always who can or is moving the quickest, but many, many, if not most often is created um, by that, a little bit of a, some typos here in the tweet, but about the actions and movements in the cleanest and most maximizing way. Speed on top of that is an added benefit. Be agile, be speedy, but move with meaning. I've heard this from a lot of people <laughs> um, and the overall point without us getting too deep into the X's nose on this, right? Mm-hmm. Cause that's more Brady and Alex's area than ours. But I've heard this, that at times the way that Bam plays makes it harder to get him the ball. Okay. So it's not just aggressiveness, but it's also just making himself available. And some of it is the screen setting. Okay. Which I've always assumed he was a very good screener. But when I talk to people around the organization, they say that's an area of improvement that he needs to get to. Okay. So there are little things here. And like there's parts of his game that he's improved dramatically. The obviously the mid range shooting, the getting to that shot, the taking that shot. That was the big issue against Milwaukee a couple of years ago. And Brooke dropped, would, would bam, kill him with that shot. He's been killing teams with that shot this year. He does go quicker with his drives, he does attack mismatches more than he used to. But there's another level you need to get to to be a superstar, particularly yep. at that position, right? And and sometimes it is about the little things to make Looking yourself at available. The basket, you know, like right. that's like I think I a lot of fans, like just even the most casual fan, can notice when he catches the ball and he's moving with it, mm-hmm. and he has the ability to look directly at the rim and make a play, and especially with his athleticism, sometimes I feel like he's at at spaces on the floor where if he really wanted to, he could just jump up and dunk it from there. And like, he's not even looking at the basket. And so that's where I think uh, you start to see fans get frustrated with him, not necessarily putting himself in position with the mindset and intent to be the score. Right. I, I think it starts, we have focused so much on mindset with him because we see the athletic ability. We see what he's able to do defensively. We see the intelligence, we see the work ethic, all of that. So we've all, we've made it about mindset, but sometimes it is about the little basketball things. It is, and it and it's about and it starts with mindset, but it's also about executing some of this stuff. And I just want to see him play with purpose. That's all. I didn't see him play with purpose in the last game, and some of it surprisingly was on the defensive end. And I understand and I'm going to, you know, I made excuses for him. People say they're excuses, but I made excuses for him on Twitter 
by saying that he has to cover up for so many other guys. They don't have other bigs. They're, you know, teams go high, low against them, and Bam is somewhere out on the perimeter because that's what the defense calls for. And that's why you see Kyle Lowry guarding a guy he's eight inches taller than, okay, which is not Kyle's fault either. This is the way the defense is designed. In part, it's because they don't have another big to play next to him who's agile. You can play Love, but he's not agile. You can play Zeller, but he has some limitations. Or you can play Caleb because you're more quickness and athleticism, but he doesn't have the size. Or Highsmith is the same as Martin in that regard. They have not built the perfect team around Bam. Okay, there's no question about that. But I do think there are things he can do to help himself. And this, at the end of the day, as we, as we to use Alex's phrase, as we close, nobody's going to care about the excuses if he comes out and has 12 and 5 in this game and they lose. Nobody's going to care. Like, I can make as many excuses for him on Twitter. You can say no ceiling, all the rest of this. We can talk about them not helping him, not putting pieces around him, not getting another big with him. I don't care if he plays the four or five. I'm just talking about the pieces. I don't think it matters. I just think it's the pieces around him. Everybody's just going to say, is he good enough to be the second best player on a championship team? And if they can't get out of the play-in and they lose home games to Atlanta and Chicago, who are mediocre teams this season at best, and he's not impactful, that's a that's a lot of getting eliminated on your home floor in the last uh, calendar year. Uh, you know, Ethan, when it comes back to the last playoff run and losing on your home floor repeatedly, and now this, you're right. It's not going to come down on Jimmy. So it's not going to come down on Jimmy. We know where it's going. It's going to Bam or it's going to Tyler. But like I said, nobody's expecting Tyler to be the top one of the top two in this build. It's Bam who was anointed as that. It's Bam who was anointed as that as next by Bosch, by Haslam, by Zoe, by the great bigs of this organization. We we need we need a 25 and 12 game. Okay. That's that's what I want to see. Win or lose, be impactful. That's this is a bounce back. This is a big game for Bam Adebayo in his career and and in in the view of him going forward. I think with this organization, not as being a good player, we know he is not as being a pillar of the, of the organization and the community he is, but as being somebody that you go in next season and say, I can win a championship with this guy as one of my two best players need to see it now. All right. Thanks to our sponsors, water cleanup of Florida, you break wheel fix.com. And also uh, we also mentioned prize picks. Use that code five F I V get the initial deposit match. And of course, betteredge.com. Use the code five RSN. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.